This is Deep Natter. In this episode, a conversation about gear leads to a discussion around some of the challenges of working with brands or services while still trying to maintain your creative integrity. We also talk about some of the musicians who have recently sold their back catalogs for enormous sums of money and where NFTs might fit into all of this. Here we go. So we've started this a couple times now for various reasons. Um, but uh, we were talking about you were carrying around your, your uh, say it for me. The ZV-1. <laughs> That's right, the ZV-1. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, it does sound so much better. What, the hey, ZV1. Sean, I got a new ZV-1. <laughs> you say it like that, nothing sounds cool. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing his glasses back up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's great. Yeah, I just uh, I used to have that little Canon G7X Mark II, which, uh, I, and I never used it because I always found that like, uh, everything else that I film, I film on the, the Sony a7III's and I use a very particular picture profile. I use the Cine 4 picture profile with some tweaks to it in the menu so that you get a flatter looking picture that's much easier to grade into something that looks decent, holds more dynamic range, that kind of stuff. But I, there's no ways I'm... Because I've got this tiny Ricoh GR that goes as my little daily stills camera, I wanted something that could go around with me as my as my video camera that's pocketable as well, and the Sony um, ZV1 has. Um, has oh, uh, see now you're just now you're just being cruel. Never, I would never. Um, <laughs> is uh, is got all those picture profiles, so it means that you know I, I can match the footage up, and you you really can't tell the difference actually, unless you're trying to go for shallow depth of field, which you're not going to get out of that little one inch sensor. But otherwise. It totally matches. And I just thought it'd be nice to, there's so many little things I miss. Often when I'm I'm filming like one of those very talky videos, I want like an intro that I can throw some quotes over and just set a bit of context before I start, you know, rambling on for hours. Right, 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 right. And right. Uh, I, I did one recently where I was talking about moving up to Yorkshire and I thought, oh yeah, I, I need a bunch of footage from Yorkshire. And I realized I've been up here for months and I haven't really been filming just day-to-day little clips to throw in. And that was hmm. what made me think I really need something that just is in that little bag with me every day, that if something interesting happens, I'm not just shooting stools, I'm capturing video as well, so that I can film right. normal video footage in a normal orientation that I can chuck in for intros, like it snowed the other day, for example. So, you know, I was filming out the windows quick with the snow falling, because you've got 120 frames a second on there as well. So you've got slow motion snow falling, and then went for a nice walk and took some shots of the the... The snow on the ground just took 20 minutes. I was going to go for a walk anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, and that's footage I've got that I can cut into videos. Or, and I'm trying to get into this just to try some vertical stuff that I can throw up for mobile as well. Just just something fun, you know, like more random stuff. I, I meant to do it last night because last night I went into York and uh, it was raining. And uh, I'd gone to this amazing cinema there called the Everyman Cinema. And um, it's like a... It's you'd love it. You'd absolutely love it. It's a face brick art deco uh, front to the building. And uh, Sarah and I have gone to see uh, Death on the Nile, the new oh, wow. Agatha cool. Christie one. Yeah. Um, and inside, yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's fun. Yeah. Inside, it's it's like walking back into the 30s. It's amazing. Like it's all oh, wow. those old style, uh, you know, deep plush velvet sofas and and, uh, you know, the cool old school bars everything's got a curve to it you know it's not there's no hard lines and edges all the old school you know brass lamps with sort of frosted glass tops and everything it's it's amazing it's really really cool but when we came out there's a, a burger place on the corner of that same building that's got curved glass all the way around it huge like almost floor to ceiling that kind of is very hopper-esque and uh, i've got to come back because I didn't have my camera on me like an idiot, like a rookie. So I thought I'd go back. Wait, last you didn't night. even have your, your little camera. No, I just, I just, I just hadn't, I just didn't, I just didn't bother to take a bag. I literally just threw my wallet in my coat and went. Um, but I thought I've got to come back when it's raining. And last night it was raining quite a lot. So I drove through and uh, started running around my, my, my big Sony's and taking, um, taking, I was trying to do some like uh, 85 mil shallow depth of field, you know, lots of wet streets and neon stuff, which I don't normally do. 
the kind of the kind of Josh Jack special, um, mm-hmm. which was right. <laughs> which was fun to do. But then I, I promised filter. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, and I didn't really. Um, but I didn't really take that little camera again. Like, and I realized that's, that's so dumb. It's got to be with me all the time because just to get footage and stills when you're standing somewhere, it means you're covered for everything. You could cut that stuff into absolutely anything and it's worth grabbing both. It's a kind of like, um, hybrid shooter mentality. I've still got this problem where I'm either doing one or the other and I struggle to do both at the same time. But I reckon it's because I, I, I don't have an excuse. It's not like I don't have the skills of either. It's literally just a mind switching thing in the moment that I do need to get into the practice of capturing and collecting both when I'm out because I'll have yeah. so much material to use for who knows what. I mean, I could use it for anything. It's just, is, is there enough of a quality difference that, that maybe that gets in the way? Or if you shoot B-roll with the ZV-1 and and side by side that with the same B-roll from the A7 III, would would the average user be able to tell the difference? Would, you, would the average viewer, rather, be able no. to tell the difference? No way. No, it's, it's I mean, they both shoot 4K, um, and I don't shoot 4K anywhere, I only shoot HD. Um, they both shoot 120 frames, so the slow motion is great. The only place that you'd notice the difference is if I tried to produce something with a shallow depth of field on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just mm-hmm. not really going to cut it. Or if I shot in low light, there'd probably be more noise on the on the ZV-1. But but I could if if the lighting's good, and most of the stuff I shoot for B-roll is not shallow depth of field anyway. You, you I bet you couldn't tell. In fact, I'd love to do that one day. I'd love to shoot a whole video on that little point and shoot camera, and then only tell people in the next video and see if anyone noticed. Because I bet they wouldn't. Um, well, they would, they would totally notice when you told them they'd, ah, I just didn't want to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's an expert in hindsight. (laughs) Obviously. I mean, I just didn't want to say and embarrass you, but obviously I knew. Of course you did. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, the dynamic range on it is amazing. The, the slow motion is, is buttery. Everything's, everything's what it should be. And just, it's all about, for me, it's all about those picture profiles, having that dynamic range to grade it. So it still feels filmic and holds holds the highlights well, but still gives you details in the shadows. And this thing's incredible for what it does for such a tiny pocketable camera is nuts. And I can throw a pro mist on it as well. So I'll match, I'll even match that, uh, aesthetic between the two. You wouldn't be able to tell. That's great. I'll have to check one out. I, I, I have been, I wouldn't say itching to get a new camera, but I, I do love the idea of having something pocketable, but I'm trying to balance that against how great the current generation of smartphones are and they really are fantastic with computational photography and what they're doing with multiple lenses it, it, they really have gotten fantastic because you're about to film a a review and and you yes. were showing me footage and that footage you decided to go with the iphone over the olympus if i'm right is that right yes yes wow i mean that's that's the selling point it's fantastic yeah that's, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, you can't get a better endorsement than that, can you? If you, it's like, well, do I bother to set up, you know, cameras and lenses and everything else, or just stick my phone on a on a holder and it looks as good? If if we're getting close to that already, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I think it. Look, it's a little bit grainier, which is to be expected, mm-hmm. but the sharpness is there, the color is there. Uh, using Filmic Pro, which is kind of one of the industry standards for smartphone filmmaking. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's, it's fair, great, right? Yeah, it's good. Uh, 120 frames per second or, or 60 or 30 or 24, whatever you want. Um, you've got a lot of control over uh, picture profiles. If you if you pay the... You can use it free, but it's it's one of those freemium things where if you pay, I think it was $18.99, $19.99, $14.99, somewhere in there. Um, I've tried a few of them to unlock being able to use like flat picture profiles or, you know, custom picture profiles, or they even offer log profile, um, which I don't really see the point of with smartphones just yet, but who knows, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know a lot about this stuff compared to, you know, actual filmmakers, but I've done a few tests of the, the beauty shots of like ramping the faders up and down at slow motion speeds. And it looks terrific. You know, I've got this, this light with double diffusion on it. So those shadows are nice and soft. It's a new skill set for me. And for that reason, I don't really like the review part. I mean, it's okay. The, the actual mechanics of putting together a review, it's okay. But 
the execution for me on this is so different than what I've done before. That's what's really kind of getting me jazzed up mm. and, and doing something different and, and seeing what I can bring to it that's not only different from what I do, but maybe a little different than what's out there. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I? Like, I think, I think there's so many people who do reviews because then they can stick the product in the title and they know it'll get a lot of views, but the substance of what they're giving you is often pretty shallow and repetitive of the, the, the thousand other people who've also done reviews on that product. Yeah. But, or the marketing brochure that's available on the website or whatever. Yeah. Just you know. reading off the specs from the company's website. Hello. So we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> do that yeah. word. I know you don't like to read, so I'm going to make a video reading the specs at you. Oh, yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> what you're going to do, I think, which is really cool. I, I mean, the, the 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 parallel that comes to mind is Gerald Undone stuff, who yeah. is like he knows his stuff. Like, I mean, I, I if if I am reviewing something or not not reviewing something like for, for for purchase, if I'm looking at what I need a new lens and I need to go and check it out, he's the only guy I'll go to really. Because, well, him and I want to see someone use it. He doesn't really uh, shoot a lot himself. Um, uh, I want to see like a talented filmmaker or photographer really put it through its paces. So between those two, but if I want the specs and I want the deep dive on what this thing does, uh, you know, a third of what he says, I'm not going to understand. But the stuff I do, he's really done his homework. He really knows his stuff. And I thought like you are absolutely that for that audio space. No question. You're, You're someone who's been in that game for a long, long time. You know how it works. You know what you need as a user, but you also have quite a deep knowledge of things. I mean, I've seen I've seen your I've seen your <laughs> bullet pointed mega script that I thought was for both the videos, and it's only for one. So it's like no, it's just you're leaving no stone for... unturned, which is great. Well, and I, it it was funny. I called Tascam yesterday because I was having an issue that I wanted to see if they could resolve, or whether it was a, a feature or a limitation. And, uh, they were very receptive. They're very cool. The guy says, look, I want to take down everything. He's like, do you have any suggestions? Cool. <laughs> he wow. says, How much time do you have? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to, you know, there, there are two things at work here. They sent me this thing with the idea that I would give them my thoughts and opinions and experiences using it. So I feel like I owe them something comprehensive. Right. We made an agreement. In, in my opinion. And I feel like this is what I owe them. Am I over delivering? Maybe. But two things. If they come away with it going, wow, this is really comprehensive and this is exactly what we were looking for, or this is really appreciated, whatever it is. And they go, hey, we have this new thing coming out. Would you like to take a look at it? Yeah. That's a win-win for me. Yeah. So that's part one. Part two is if someone watches this thing or listens to it or reads it, because I think I'm going to release it all three ways. And they come away going, oh, well, I didn't know about that part or this feature that nobody's really talking about or talking about using it in a way that I didn't think about before. That, that's going to put me over the fence and I'm going to check, check this thing out for myself. Mm-hmm. That's valuable to me. That's, I've been of service yeah. and that's what I'm trying to do. I think there are, um, I think this is what companies look for. You know, because I think when they put a product out, especially online, it generates such a a lot of noise, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got people who I think will automatically hate it because they know it will make their video do well or, or, or automatically love it because they want to do a brand deal with the company. And I I bet they struggle to trust where those opinions are coming from and who's genuine and who's not having those trusted voices, those few people who actually give them feedback, um, I mean, I've had a similar experience to you with Ricoh because mm-hmm. I've, I've met the guy who designed the Ricoh GR um, and yeah. we sat down and we talked about it, you know, and he asked and I, I met uh, the, the head of Ricoh in Europe and I met like a few of these people who at, at a conference and we went out for dinner and had a chat about this camera and they, they genuinely wanted to know how, why do you like this thing? What would you like more of? Um, and I think it's because, you know, they've got a few of those photographers who they pay attention to as people who use this, who also will give them their genuine opinion, but they don't want to hear from everyone because it just becomes too confusing, you know, mm-hmm. because everyone's mm-hmm. got an opinion and, 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 and most of them aren't realistic and some people aren't are being disingenuous because they want attention. So I think having just those, that smaller group that you can go, okay, let's talk, let's talk to these guys and work off of this, not closing our ears to everybody, but trying to work out 
people who are who like our stuff already but wanted to see us get better well and it becomes a relationship it's not it 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 ceases to be simply a transaction and it becomes more of a relationship where there is dialogue there is conversation there is back and forth and that's what i'm interested in yeah i'm not interested in just shilling a product or a service for a company that's that's faceless and we don't you know we don't have any contact with one another i would part of why i'm going as deep into this as I am is because of the reception that my comments and, and feedback so far have been met with in the, in the few phone calls and emails that I've had with the company. I mean, if, if they didn't have any time for me and said, well, you know, submit it in writing and we'll get to it when we get to it, I probably wouldn't go to the lengths that I am, but they are yeah. receptive. They are eager. They want to make it better. They want to make the best thing that they can. I really do believe that. And they're open to listening to feedback and there are people on the other end calling you back going, okay, let's talk about this. And that's important. That's, that's what I'm looking for when I connect with a, a company behind a product or a service. I don't want to just be a number mm-hmm. and I don't just want to be an affiliate and I don't just want to be some, some shill for, for you trying to make a buck. Let's do something more meaningful. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had... Uh... I've had companies approach me to be ambassadors for their products. Some of them I don't even use their cameras, but they they wanted me to right. be an ambassador. And it was such a cynical move just to get their cameras in front of the people who follow my YouTube channel. It was a calculation on their part. They don't care about me. They don't care that I don't use their product. They don't care about any of that. But, I mean, to be fair to a company like like Rico, in my case, I told them from the start, I'm never working with you. I don't want any money from you ever. Um, I, I don't, I, there's no official relationship here, but as long as I enjoy using your cameras, I'll say so. So they know they're going to sell cameras because I, I enjoy them and I'll tell people that I enjoy them. I'm not trying to sell them. In fact, I always warn people, don't just buy this thing because it might be the wrong choice for you. This is quite a specific thing. Um, but they, they're fine with that. They're good with that. But I'm, I'll be loyal to them now because they, like you said, they treated me like a human being. I don't work for them. They don't pay me. That I've got no reason to be loyal to them other than they treated me nicely and gave me some time. And that's great. And they listened. Like, I mean, the recent um, Ricoh GRX, which is a 40 mil equivalent rather than their 28 mil equivalent. I mean, I'm not, I'm not responsible for that, but I know that I'm, I'm part of a very small group who was sending them the same sort of feedback saying, we'd love to see a, a different focal length on this thing. And Rico GR has traditionally been 28 mil. So we were all telling them this stuff. I know someone like um, Samuel Lintaro was one of them. Um, there, there've been a few of us who've sort of been saying this for the last year or two. Um, and props to them. They listened. Like they said, okay, cool. A lot of people want this. Um, GR means 28 mil, but maybe, maybe we can be flex more flexible than that because people really want to see this and they did it. Like they produced that camera and now it's the only camera I use. The, the, the original Ricoh GR sits in my bag and never comes out. I've moved on to this X because there was a conversation between a bunch of us photographers that they listened to and them as a company. And now, now like anyone who asks me what, what's a good camera to use, I'll always say that one, not because I'm trying to sell it to them, but because it definitely works for my needs, so I can say it with honesty. And two, I really like them as a company because they they seem open and communicative and to care about photography, which is big. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of what you ask for, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. You know, look, I, I'm not gonna, you know, like as my mother used to say, I'm not gonna yuck somebody else's yum. And if you're in it just to move numbers and and make money and and have affiliate clicks and and all that kind of thing, that's fine. I, I'm not gonna you know, begrudge you for that. I understand it. I would look for something different because I, I, I want it to be more valuable on my end as, as a participant in whatever's happening. And I want to be of service to somebody who sees or hears or reads what I'm producing. Yeah. And I want it to come across that way. I don't want it to come across as, well, this is really disingenuous or this is really opportunistic or whatever it is. And, and again, that's me. You know, it's, it's why I'm not running down, you know, every feature of this thing. I'm running down the features that I think are terrific for my workflow. If they match up with you, great. That's a value. If, if they don't and you have a question, put it in the comments and I'll answer it to the best of my ability. Or I will forward you to somebody who can at Tascam because I can't do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's all about dialogue. It's all about 
connection. It's all about community. And this is the same thing that we've been talking about for months of doing this show is there is value in community and community shows up in a bunch of different ways. And to me, this is just another way that community can show up in your life and in your business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's it's those bigger companies that lose touch with that, isn't it? They they get too big for themselves and they they can't keep up and they lose that community feel and that connection with the end user. Okay, I I mean I've met with a few big camera brands over different things and I've always been disappointed that it is only a business now. And I I you know, obviously they are a business and they need to make money and they need to keep the bottom line or whatever else, but if you're a camera maker Shouldn't you also care about photography? I mean, is that, is that, are you only someone who makes light proof boxes or do you care yeah. about photographers and photography in the art itself? And I think the ones that I, I don't really have a lot of time for are, are the companies that it, you can tell they're just trying to shift units and they don't care what's being done with those, uh, with those products and, and what art is being produced and how it makes people see the world or change people's minds or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like if they're not passionate about that stuff, except when it's time to put out like an emotional ad to sell more cameras, I don't really have time for you as a, as a company. Um, yeah. 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 It's that financial bottom line that becomes the only line that gets cared about. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating, you know, it's frustrating. It is. Yeah. I mean, this, I I sent you, Go no, good, good. No, no, it it kind of it kind of links to what you were talking about the other day about um, artists selling their music as well. I was thinking is that <laughs> that's what, you're what gonna I was say? just going to go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's I was so in sync. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the kings of segway. Get out of my head, Tucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it kind of does, doesn't it? It's like what, what that 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 um, that balancing act between the art you produce and the money you can make from it. I know, I know. It's I think it's more of an issue for you, but I see exactly what you're talking about. Do you want to? Tell us a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're in a period right now. I sent Sean this thing because I've, I've been reading about a few artists, musical artists, uh, we're talking about who have sold their entire back catalogs or a big portion, in Neil Young's case, half to big music companies, um, Universal Music, for example. Uh, Bruce Springsteen sold his back catalog for $550 million. Uh, Bob Dylan, over $400 million. Sting, over $300 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Diamond, undisclosed, but just last week he sold his entire catalog. Neil Young, 50% of his catalog for $150 million or $200 million or whatever it is. And it's, it's just, I mean, it, I understand it from a, from a financial perspective. I understand it. Uh, one of the articles that I read, there's a particular uh, situation that musicians have tax wise, they're only responsible for 20% yeah. is their highest tax bracket instead of 37%. So in the case of somebody like Bob Dylan, you know, he has saved himself tens of millions of dollars in taxes by selling his catalog now and only having to pay 20% on that income rather than 37%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I understand it, but on, on the other side of it, it's just another commodification of art. And, you know, are, are we going to see, uh, you know, Thunder Road being used to sell the new Chevy truck? Absolutely. <laughs> are, we, are we going to, you know, I mean, it just, and I think it's, it started a long time. Well, I know it started a long time ago. But I, I remember Adrian and I were talking about it. I said, do you remember when, when Michael Jackson owned the Beatles catalog yeah, yeah. And, and Revolution ended up in a Nike commercial yeah. and how we were just like, wait a minute, here's this song about, you know, social change and, you know, and, and we know what John Lennon's ethos was beyond the band and, and within the band. And now it's being used to sell sneakers. Yeah. And it just, I mean, I get it, I guess, but I still don't have to like it. Yep. Yeah. The, the other thing that I, I, I did a little bit of um, looking into as well. And the other thing I think is the reason there's a spate of this stuff now is a lot to do with COVID. Yeah. That these musicians couldn't tour. And that's where they make the bulk of their money. Yeah, yeah. sure. So I think, I think a lot of them, especially older musicians are going, I just need to cash out. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest. Yeah. How many great records do you think Sting still has in him? 
<laughs> how many how many great record well and neil diamond i think neil diamond's got correct me if i'm wrong does he have parkinson's i think he has parkinson's mm. he has some some medical condition yeah you know are we ever going to get another born to run from springsteen probably not mm. but your your concern is by the sound of it and i and i hear you on that is like it's it's not to do with what they will or won't do in the future it's what the beautiful work they produced in the past now gets used for now gets to be used for yes yeah yes which i get that i mean if there's a song i love that gets thrown in an ad for something ridiculous or cheap because they don't really have a say now do they once you sell that it's like well they could use it to to i don't know advertise suppositories you just you just don't get a say yeah. like you know it could be anything <laughs> <laughs> It's the first thing I thought of. Sorry. Keep on rocking in the free world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neil Young. I mean, I mean, it could be anything. And I mean, I guess you can't be upset with that if you if you took the money for it. But it will disappoint a lot of fans depending on how it's used. I know Paul, I've listened to interviews with Paul McCartney where he was really upset with how the Beatles yeah. music was being used in, in advertising because of Jackson buying it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's difficult. Like, I, I feel like there's a difference also between like selectively selling off some stuff that means less to you and holding some back, but selling off everything you've ever made and go, hey, just do what you like with it. Just give me some cash. Yeah, feels, I mean, who am I to say? No one. No one's offering me millions for anything right. I've ever done. I mean, maybe yeah. I'd feel very different. If Rupert Murdoch came to you and said, Sean, we want to give you a hundred million dollars oh, for... Does it have to be Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> That's <God>. but... <laughs> I think it does. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay. That makes it yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. A, it's, you're torn now. Oh. Now you, you're thinking about the money, but then you're thinking about Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because it depends how you feel about what you've made as well, doesn't it? Like, what does it mean to you? I think some, I think some artists would never do that because they're just going, no, this is precious stuff to me. And I'd rather die poorer. I'd rather die middle class instead of super rich and, and hold on to this stuff's integrity. Um, but then I think some people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just work I've made. I've got what I need out of it. Take it, do what you like with it. And just, Give right. me the cash and let me live the life I've become accustomed to. And I guess that's artist to artist, their decision to make. And maybe those songs don't mean now, circa 2022, that they did in 1967, 1971, 1979, whatever it is. You know, does does Born to Run still mean the same thing to Bruce Springsteen now as it does as it did then? Probably not. I mean, maybe somewhere, but probably not as strongly. Well, I think being willing to sell it says it doesn't mean, it's him admitting it doesn't mean that anymore. Because if it did, yeah. you wouldn't. You know, if it, if it still had that connection with the public like it used to have, you'd hang on to it for that value. You, yeah. you wouldn't give it away and let them throw it on any random ad for Applebee's or McDonald's or who knows what. Like, you'd, you'd hang on to it, <laughs> you know? Bruce Springsteen for Applebee's. Yes, exactly. I mean, you never know. <laughs> you never know. I mean, that's that's what they've opened themselves up to. It it is. Yeah, I don't know. And I can't fault them for it. You know, no. I mean, I, again, I understand it. You know, I don't. At this point in my life, I don't. You know, I don't think it's a choice that I that I have to make. <laughs> you know, I know it's not a choice that I have to make. If somebody, you know, if, if Rupert Murdoch offered me a hundred million dollars for all the back episodes of on taking pictures, Bill and I would have to have a conversation. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think you would. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a difficult one, but I, I don't, I mean, at what point do you draw the line? You know, I, I reached out uh, a graphic designer that I follow who is one of my graphic design heroes. And I won't, mention his name. If you, if you know who my graphic design heroes, you know, maybe who I'm talking about or who it could be anyway. Uh, I, I reached out to him several months ago. He does these, these new pieces that he posts. And I said, man, I really love this. I, I, would you sell this? Are these for sale? And he got back to me and he said, man, I, I really appreciate the offer, but these are special to me and I don't do them for anybody but me. Oh, cool. And uh, thank you for your interest, but but no, I'm afraid I can't sell them. I won't sell them. That's the other and end I, of the I, coin, I, isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was certainly disappointed because I, I would love to have one of these pieces. Yep. But I know eventually they're going to go into his book and I'll be able to have them all that way. And, and I respect that these are, these mean something. These aren't simply 
exercises. These aren't simply going through um, the motions of process. They, they mean something. They have value. Um, and, and I was, yeah, I was disappointed, but I also was like, yep, that's the response I would, I would really love to see from you. So I was, I was grateful at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And those pieces, I bet have increased in value in your head because he's made that Absolutely. choice. Like if, if Absolutely. it was some graphic artist who was just selling his stuff to everybody and they threw up up in adverts and he put a book out, that book would be less valuable because you see that stuff everywhere. But this book is like, oh no, that guy holds this stuff for himself because it's precious. And when he puts a book out, I've got to grab it because it's the only chance I'm going to get to see it properly. It, yeah. He increases the value in our heads by making that choice, which I really respect. It's cool. I, I do too. And I, it, you know, it has me thinking and, and when, when I see or hear of things like this happening, they always inspire me in different ways and, and allow me to think about things in potentially ways that I haven't really thought about them before. Mm. And, uh, and then write them, you know, in a notebook now. Thank you very much. Not on post-it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> You've taught me well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is, is what we're talking about with this kind of selling off your catalog and stuff, is, it, is NFTs a microcosm of this in a way? I mean, I don't, it's obviously not the same with rights and everything else. It's more complicated than that. And, and we've already talked about it. We don't understand it. But maybe it's the same sort of thing, really. It's well, I think a for some value. people, yeah, yeah. As I've been following this a little bit, and and again, I'm I'm no great source of information, but f- for some visual artists and photographers, um, this has been an absolute revelation. Yeah, this has allowed them to make money that was never on the table before, and I understand that, and I appreciate it, and I am proud of you for for embracing it and, and doing something that is new and different and outside the norm and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it still eludes me a, a little bit in terms of how I can wrap my head around it for me. But I, I, I see how it is making an enormous difference in some people's lives. Um, is the cost worth it at the moment? I don't know. I don't know. That's something that I think is really personal. I think we, we get caught up in and I started to myself at the very beginning of, of being disappointed in some of the artists that I respect and, and follow and, and in some cases even have some of their work when I found out that they were doing NFTs. And I thought, well, you know, that's kind of silly. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm not walking their, 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 their life and they're not walking mine. And, and who am I to say what, you know, it's yucking their yum, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I have to make that choice for me, but I can't, I can't begrudge Shepard Ferry or Joey L for trying out something new that may, uh, that may work for them, that may generate income that they can use for good in their lives. Because I know I know Shepard is a is a philanthropist in many ways, and I think that Joey L is raising money for a variety of sources and or causes rather. And if if selling a print gets you X, but selling an NFT gets you twenty X or a hundred X, and then you can use that additional money to to further some of your own causes, beliefs, passions, etc., then who am I to say, well, you're a terrible person for doing this? Yeah, I, I, I'm not judging anybody. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, even, even, even the ecological argument is going to fall away apparently with this next round of, of, uh, upgrades to whatever is, is coming down. Ethereum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's something you have to deal with on your own and decide whether it's worth it. I mean, it, it, it personally wouldn't be for me, but that's, that's just a personal, so I don't judge anyone who does and uh, good for you that it, that it makes you money. And I know, like we've said, uh, we both know photographers who've made a lot of money very quickly doing this. Good for you. I think the question is like in the same way that like artists selling their entire back catalog of music feels like it devalues what they've done. Is that, I know, I know it's kind of in the back of my head somewhere. Maybe it's a weird prejudice, but I kind of feel like the minute images go up on NFTs, sometimes it kind of devalues the image a little bit just because of the amount of crap that's sold as NFTs. And it's kind of then in that pool of stuff that's, that feels fairly disposable, but we attach huge dollar amounts to it because of this kind of scarcity collector's model. 
and it's about yeah. it's about the mint not about the art piece and i wonder like as a photographer if if it if it devalues what you do i i thought about it i did seriously think about should i give nfts a go even just to see what it's about a while ago i mm-hmm. thought about this mm-hmm. and then i i had this Same. yeah I, I did this little exercise of going through my catalog and going, what would i put up and i realized when i started to make a little list i'm like i'm choosing stuff i don't care about on purpose i'm not choosing my best stuff i'm choosing like, interesting this this, I, I don't want to give them that. I don't want to give them that. That's how I was thinking about really? it. Really? I'll give them this because that's quirky and would do well as an M- NFT. That's the way I was thinking. And that sort of was telling to me. It's like, I don't, I'm only willing to give you stuff I don't care about. Right. Whereas if you were uh, curating or, or selecting images for uh, a print exhibition, oh, you would yeah. do just the opposite. Absolutely. That would be, that would be top Interesting. shelf. And that would be like highest resolution, best lighting, best images, uh, you know, edited to within an inch of its life. So it's absolutely perfect. But I was thinking, I was thinking almost the opposite end of the scale with NFTs. Um, and see, that's funny. I mean, yeah. I was, I was thinking about a similar thing. Like my, my grid variations, I thought, okay, if I was going to test the waters with this, I'll test it with those, yeah, yeah. but I'm not going to do propaganda. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I wonder how many other people have that yeah. experience. Like, yeah, I'll do NFTs, but I'm just going to use my sort of my throwaway fun stuff, not the serious good stuff. I wonder, is it, is it a, is it our friend resistance saying, well, if I, if I put up something that I'm really proud of and it doesn't sell or it tanks or nobody likes it, do I then have to deal with the fallout of yet another thing that I tried that somebody <laughs> didn't like? It could be, but for me, it was more to do with being strategic. Cause I was looking at, mm. I was looking at NFTs and going, what actually are people interested in? And it, right. at the time, especially at the beginning, it seemed to be more like quirky graphic design and, and like uh, stuff that was often quite obscure, random, simplistic, and often childish. And I thought, I'm not going to put like a really nice portrait up. Would you be willing to give an example of one that you would have considered a photograph? Could you describe one that you would have considered? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, no, no. Okay. Well, here's, here's an example. I, 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 like stuff I took last night, I would, I, would have put, I would have put up as an NFT. Okay. And last night I walked around. I've just posted them today, actually. So on Instagram on the, the 1st of March, 2022, you can go look and see what I posted today. It's just four um, images uh, of the, the ground. It's, 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 it's a wet cobbled streets reflecting neon from shops around it. And there's four different ones and all of them have got different colors um, that I feel like does well as an NFT as a photograph. It's fun to take. People like the colors. There's some nice texture in it, but it doesn't say anything and I don't care about them, but I think it would do that. That would do better as an NFT than for example, um, my portrait series with the Himba. Right. Because people, people like the quirk. They like color. They like the pop. It's, it's, it's like pop art, isn't it? It's and I Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I, that's how I, and maybe this is a weird prejudice and I definitely don't understand this world well enough. So I'm probably being super ignorant, but in, in my, in my ignorance, that's the way I think about it is, is that seems to be what does well. So I could just throw up a bunch of stuff I don't care about, but that's attention grabbing and throw a huge amount of value on it that people will give me lots of Ethereum for. But then I hold back the, the important photography because I wouldn't want to put it up. You know, I wouldn't want to. See, there's that word. Again, I'll hold back the important photography. Yeah, and that's just me. Interesting. I, I know that's my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I, I get it. But but uh, yeah, I, I mean, for, well, I mean, I mean, there's obviously like logistical issues. I could never, and would never, sell my Himba series as NFTs because it's it's people I don't have model releases from. I, d- I don't sell them as prints. I don't sell them at all because I don't have model releases, and I don't think it's fair. Um, without their express permission and i can't go to a tribe in the middle of namibia trying to explain nfts it's not going to work you know right like it's not going to happen so i mean it just it's not even an option anyway but even if it was i i the only way i'd do it is if it was like hey this is what it is sign here and then you get the money for this or, or we do some amazing mm. split but it, the, the money goes to the village like that would be i'd love to do that that'd be amazing it would feel like it's making a difference but i'd, I'd i wouldn't want to give that stuff away as images because it's important to me and for some reason the the the, the nft thing just feels a little bit disposable and unstable and i just i don't want to give stuff up that I really care about to that. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it anyway, but I definitely wouldn't do it with that stuff. 
Yeah. Well, and again, from what, from what I think both of us understand about the blockchain is once it's there, it's there forever. I think so. Yeah. Is that the way it kind of goes? Yeah, I think that I mean, is. again, like my limited understanding is yes, the, 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 the minted number or whatever it is, is there forever. The image it's attached to is that, that is linked forever but it doesn't affect how you yourself use it as a photographer and everything else. It's just kind of the principle of it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the person who, who bought the NFT of my picture of, of a Himba woman, if that ever happened, which it wouldn't can do with that, you know? Right. And I'm not, I'm not happy with every use case. It's, it's like the musicians and ads. I suppose the minute you sell that over, you don't get a say. And I would want a say with what happens with that image forever. It's not going on an ad for anything ever. It's not, you know, and do I still have that say if I sell it as an NFT? I don't, I don't understand it well enough to know, but it seems to be a bit of a gray area. Yeah. It's, it's all, the understanding of it is just beyond the amount of time I'm willing to put into it to understand it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) So I feel like I'm always at a disadvantage because I am not willing to go any further in my, in my commitment to to understand it. Oh yeah, that's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> my, my ignorance is my fault and I don't have time to fix it because I don't care enough about it. I, that's okay. I don't care enough about it. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, maybe you and I are of that sort of get off my lawn generation that are leaving a ton of money on the table. Oh, well, we are. I mean, that's, that's, that's a fact. We definitely are because I know people who are cleaning up on it. Like that's definitely happening. Yeah. But I just don't know if even if I did understand it really, really well, I'd, I'd want to get into it then because I also know that some people who do really understand it still choose not to. And I've got a feeling I'm one of those. Yeah. Not, no judgment to anyone who does. Good for you. And I'm really happy for you. It's a really personal decision. It's just, it's just, I think I'm very, I want to always be very careful with the things that I make and what they're used for. Um, I mean, I, I did a, I don't want to break my streak, Sean, of not making money with the things that I make. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I've done so well I for mean, so long. You've been doing that. What, a I days don't want to ruin something. it. You gotta, like, like, like. <laughs> but I, I do this with commercial stuff as well. Like I had about four years ago, I had Sony come to me wanting to do, and uh, it's embarrassing to say, and I hope you can't find it if you Google it, but it is out there I, for their. Um, <laughs> Show notes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I hope you can't find it. Um, by day, I'm in the studio. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, like, yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. it. Let, let, them, let them experience yeah, that yeah, magic oh, on their own. God. Anyway, so basically Sony came to me and, and they wanted to do, they wanted a photographer to do an ad about their Xperia phone that was coming out. And I said, I'm open to talking about it. But it's, it's, uh, obviously they're like, we want, we'll pay you this amount of money and we want this amount of time from you. And then you need to, uh, maybe, uh, do a little behind the scenes video, the ad sheet, put it on your channel. And then you need to do some behind the scenes photos and just post them to your Instagram. And I said, absolutely not. There's no question. Like my, my ability to talk my channel, my spaces online are for very particular things and they won't get used for commercial things like that ever. That's not even an option. And to be fair to them, they came back and said, okay, we understand. We'll just do the ad. Can you then promote the ad when it comes out? I said, no, I won't promote your advert. I'm happy to do. (laughs) Again, no. Exactly. I mean, I'm in it. I don't care. I'm not telling anyone about it. Like if you think that will help you sell phones, that's fine. I'm happy to appear as an actor for a day is basically what I'm doing, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using because I'm quite protective of my YouTube channel. I, d- I don't right. turn it into a space for, for advertising like that. I, I limit it to sponsorship messages for 45 seconds of products I either believe in or already use. That's my rule for myself. And so to be fair to them again, they came back and said, okay, that's fine. We'll just, we'll just get you to do the ad. And it only went out on Sony's channels and they did come back and ask me again. And I said, no, I'm going to stick to this. I'm afraid. No, because I'm protective of the things that I make and the spaces that I make them in and share them with the world because I want it to be about the work and I don't want it to get used for other stuff. So that's why I think NFTs or selling off stuff to be used for ads or anything like that, I would say no, because I've, I've, I've had those offers before and I've said no, because I'd rather, I'd rather have to go back to a day job of something else and make the stuff I make on the side 
for myself and my own creative joy and feel like it's purely doing that, then have it be a confusing mess where I'm serving many masters and my message is getting lost in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you know, hats off to you because you've been, you've been able to stick to that despite having some fairly interesting and potentially <laughs> lucrative offers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. And that's the choice you're going to make for yourself. I think whatever you make is, is, uh, what's, what's this about for you? What's the end goal? And for me, it's, it's always been clear that it's about saying particular things I really care about. And if, if diluting that message, if I was offered an opportunity to dilute that message for cash, I wouldn't take it. It's got to be, it's got to be on my terms or I lose my integrity in what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to do for the sake of a quick cash grab. And look, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe these musicians, like maybe you move on, maybe in 20 years, I don't have a YouTube channel anymore, but it's just sitting there and I don't really care about it anymore. Cause I've moved on and someone says, Hey, I want to buy it for whatever. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't care about it anymore. You're absolutely welcome to it. Maybe that's where these musicians are. I could see that happening, mm -hmm. but while I'm doing it and while I'm using it to speak, no, it, it gets kept for the things I care about. Same with my photography, you know, while I'm producing work I care about, that's important to me now. No, it's not going up as NFTs, it's not getting sold off for adverts. It's it's for this for now. And of course, you know, the test comes when those offers come in. And it's up to you. There's no right or wrong answer, but that's just a personal preference. Do you see, I mean, you and I talked about, I think over the weekend, about some of the changes that have been, like the writing on the wall is 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 there for YouTube, you said. Yeah. Um, do you see a point where YouTube is really no longer either relevant or beneficial to what you do or do, do do you have to change what you do which then makes it less relevant or beneficial it's it's just i mean i was talking to someone about this today i mean there's there's um it was my brother he was sending me to a, a youtube channel that we both find really funny it's a guy named james veach who's a is a british um comedian and he's done this great series of of uh they've got a you know that you know you can now do deep fakes on voices so you basically just type in text and it's read in the voice of a celebrity because they've worked out with it and it sounds really realistic. So he's done a series. I of, did not know this. It's so funny. And he's basically done David Attenborough documentaries. Oh no. That he's oh done no. voiceovers of, which are just hilarious. Of just basically David Attenborough trying to get you to save the planet and giving up and going, you know, what? I'm just going to make up animal facts now. And then he just makes in David Attenborough's voice with, you know, beautiful visuals of animals on screen talking about how 10% of pandas escape zoos on the back of zebras and stuff like this like like just making up <laughs> random stuff but in his voice it's there's like i think there's six of them it's really funny but he has a an almost he's almost got a million subscribers on youtube and he was getting between two and three hundred thousand views per video until the last few months when it's gone down to 30 40 because everyone's seeing this drop off um i'm certainly seeing wow. it very wow. like over the last two years there's been that's a, a huge drop that's that's it's massive you know, yeah orders it, it, of it's, magnitude. it's yeah. yeah it's big it's big for me it's big for lots of people and yeah i mean youtube is not doing what it what it promised to do which was to show people your videos when they hit subscribe it doesn't do that anymore and now it doesn't yeah. even show people your videos when they hit that notification button either i mean even people who've i don't get that, notifications of your videos anymore no i mean i haven't for a while i see them on twitter yeah. more than i see them on on uh youtube and that's everyone i get people messaging me all the time going oh my gosh like i can't believe you put out videos i've, I've YouTube hasn't told me about any of this stuff, like, and, and I've yeah. asked it to. So, so that stuff is all useless now. So all our videos are, are taking a tank because it's not doing what the platform promised to do for us. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 in the long term, obviously, it's just going to slowly slide off unless something changes. I'm not willing to compromise what I'm doing to try and game the system again. Like, I, I'm, I, I thought about this today. I'm really proud of the work I do. You know, and I and I want it to stay like that. I really love what I put out, the documentaries, especially that I put out. I'm really proud of those, and I'm not changing it. And I and I stand by them. So if less people watch them because YouTube is a is 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 not doing what it says it's going to do, it's not because of the quality of my work, and it, I didn't fail. It's just because of the situation. So yeah, in the long run, if the, if if I can't keep my head above water, doing things around YouTube, then uh, I will need to go off and pursue other career avenues, which I'm already looking into. This week's been quite a big thing for that, looking looking at other things, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, from what little you've shared offline, it's exciting. And I can totally see you pursuing that and doing quite well. Yeah. I mean, because you can't rely on anything. I mean, I've had so many big changes in my life, um, you know, from, from wanting to be a pilot to being a, a, wanting to rehabilitate wildlife to psychology, to being a priest for years, to being a photographer and a filmmaker to, I can keep moving. I don't mind. Like, like if things shut down, I think the the trick is just to identify when that, when that slide is starting to happen and make the next plan early, because you know, what I'm doing now is not going to collapse tomorrow and I won't stop doing it with what I do next. You know, I'll keep this channel going because I really care about it. It's just, I'll be able to probably give less time to it and I have to balance it with other things, but it'll still be around because I love it and I, I I don't see it going away, but I don't want to have to rely on it because too much is changing right now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it all goes because it, it is, it's changing in video. It's changing in audio. It's changing in music. It's changing in podcasting. It's changing in literature. It's, it's everywhere. And it seems to be not, not only the commodification of everything, but the, the, the merging or, you know, the conglomerates that are forming uh, pretty soon. There's going to be three companies, no matter what you want, there will only be three companies. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting times, interesting times, especially to be, I feel like we got given a bunch of stuff when it came to social media, these opportunities to share our work with the world, and they were full of promise, and it worked for a few, but it's going away. It's not, it's not, I think the the, the people who did best on YouTube, for example, those who got in early doors, 2008, 2009, Mm -hmm. um, and it did very well from them, but the more people are piling on, the more time goes on, the more advertising takes over, the more YouTube screws with its algorithm and stops showing people your work. It's just harder and harder to make that stuff work, I think. And I think we need to trust it less and less. Like still engage. It's all, it's all good. Who knows? But I think don't, don't, don't rely on it because it's not a, it's not something that's, it's not the answer. Like hedge your bets, right. like diversify right. your income, make sure you've got a bunch of um, revenue streams or, or, or career options that you can, I mean, it's, it's still just the way the world is now, isn't it? You can't, you can't rely on one thing. It's, you've got to be a bit of a jack of all trades and have a bunch of different options. If you've got questions or comments about this episode or any of the episodes, send us an email at deepnatter at gmail.com subscribe in your favorite podcast app and help support the show by leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen or by sharing the episode on social media. Help support the show directly by tapping the donate button at jeffreysadoris.com. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S.com. Connect with Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Tuck. That's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K. On his website at seantucker.photography or by searching for Sean Tucker on YouTube. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram, at Jeffrey Sidoris. As always, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your attention. We appreciate your time, and we hope you'll come back for the next one.